Welcome to the Crying in My Cheesecake podcast. I am Danielle, your host. And today's episode is a friend of mine that I met actually online on Instagram, but we went through the same nutritional therapy practitioner program through the NTA. Again, I will always link my referral to the NTA. If you have any interest in learning about holistic health, this is a great game-changing program. Martha lives in Hawaii and I went to Hawaii for my first time at the end of April through the beginning of May. And I didn't realize that she was on the same island and I didn't, I did not make the connection. We didn't have time to meet up, but I absolutely adore her. I adore her heart for wellness. I adore her creativity. She is someone that I admire and want to be when I grow up because I just don't have that, that drive that it's a different personality, I should say. The different personality that's just, she's very hospital. When you listen to her speak here soon, you're going to say like, oh my gosh, she's someone I want in my life. Just a gentle spirit, but speaks truth and is passionate about helping people heal their bodies, especially those with autoimmune disorders or autoimmune issues. And that is something that I am not... Um, I could easily go in and talk as an overview of what autoimmune is and the way we should eat and why we do things and that kind of stuff. But Martha's really dived in and dived, dove in and made this her mission to help people feel better, have better energy. Those with struggling with autoimmune issues, helping them get their guts feeling better, helping them do so. And she's created a program called the Aloha AIP. It's called Aloha AIP. And I just got a quick overview. Her recipes, oh my gosh, like, even if you just go and check out her recipes, her blog, you're going to be astounded. So again, we'll link all of that below. But without further ado, welcome to the time that you get to just sit in and overhear two friends talking together. Martha, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so stinking excited that you are here. I'm so grateful that I even met you. And I honestly don't know if I reached out to you like first or whatever, but I, I just love who you are. I love what you stand for. I love what you share. I love your heart. I love that you homeschool your son. I love the love that you have for your son and your family. I, I'm just, I could be your biggest fan, honestly. And like I said in the intro of this, that that I, Martha, I did not know that you were on the same island in Hawaii that when I was there and we just didn't get a chance to meet up and whatever. But when I go back, I will definitely be meeting up with you. So tell us a little bit about you. Yes, you're welcome. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us, tell us, you know, all the things about Martha. Well, thank you for having me and I'm honored to be here and I don't know who reached out first either. This is my first podcast, so I'm super honored that it's with you, Danielle. Thank you. So yeah, so my story is like a lot of other people's. In 2016, I was diagnosed with mixed connective tissue disease, which is a rare autoimmune disease. Basically, it presents kind of like rheumatoid arthritis where you have, you know, the achy joints and whatnot. And I had been feeling unwell for a couple of years, just kind of like knee pain, ankle pain, that sort of thing and hip pain for sure. Like I couldn't get off the couch very easily. I couldn't walk up and down stairs. And all the doctors were like, oh, just take, you know, NSAIDs or just lose 10 pounds or whatever. And none of that helped. So I knew that something else was going on. And then I entered menopause. We were moving and all the stress, I think, and all the body changes just ramped everything up <laughs> and I was feeling horrible. And so I just continued to go to doctors and have blood tests and tell, cause I knew it wasn't right. And so basically they came up with mixed connective tissue disease. And I like to use the word disorder cause it makes me feel like it's not so bad, even though it could be. <laughs> and so I was told I'd had to see a rheumatologist and I said, no, no, I don't want to be on meds the rest of my life. There's gotta be a better way. Of course they laughed and said, there's nothing you can do. And I thought, yeah, you don't know me. I'm fiercely 
independent and stubborn. And so I started researching and I found the autoimmune protocol. And I just thought it sounded like, why not? I mean, it couldn't hurt me. It's just food for God's sakes. So I started doing the autoimmune protocol within like 24 hours of reading about it. And I have to tell you, and I know it sounds insane. And my husband, even who has worked in pharmaceuticals before and works for a multinational medical device company now, was shocked that I swear in 72 hours, the vast majority of most of my symptoms were 80 to 90% better. And I know that's not normal. And I know that it's an anomaly that autoimmune protocol works for a lot, a lot of people. It doesn't always work that quickly. So I'm not saying it's a cure-all, but for me personally, it was mind blowing that I could have been on medicine that wouldn't have worked that quickly. So that was my all in. Like I was, <laughs> I was all in with the autoimmune protocol and I was a little bit of a crazy person in that there was no way you were going to get me to eat anything that wasn't on the AIP because I was willing to do almost anything naturally to feel better. And I did. So my blood work has always been good since then. My symptoms are all managed and I don't eat on the AIP now per se. I am right now on it, but I don't live on the AIP. I live more paleo lifestyle. Okay, so obviously that is something I definitely want to get into. This whole AIP. AIP, if you've not heard of it before, that means autoimmune protocol. And I don't know if that's my Midwestern accent, but it's immune, not immune, <laughs> immune <laughs> protocol. But it is a, what do you call that? Like, it's not, a, it's not, I want to call takeaway. It's not a takeaway. It's it an elimination diet. Elimination. You do for a short period of time. Like, it's not meant to be, you know, paleo or Whole30 or keto or vegan or any of those things that really kind of live on. The autoimmune protocol is meant to be like a healing protocol. It's supposed to really help you regain your health as best you can naturally. But it's a short-term thing. You wouldn't want to do it for years and years. It probably would be anti-healthy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would assume it would probably create some like food fear and some disordered eating, that kind of thing. Definitely. And uh, there's a lot of foods that are really healthy that are eliminated on the autoimmune protocol because we want to eliminate all of the most ones you react to, the ones that are inflammatory, the ones that people have food sensitivities to, the ones that potentially have kind of contraindications between each other just to let your body have be as clean as possible for a short time to just really allow it to to recover from the constant inflammatory foods we eat in this country for sure so yep so talk to me more we'll get back into the dieting and i want to know how the diet like in that protocol how that's kind of helped you and stuff but talk to me more about this mixed connective tissue issue because I feel like so many of us are like we go to the doctor and we do our blood work and they're like oh you're fine your blood work says it's fine or we've done this test and you're fine so then it's almost this place of negating your feeling like that that like we live in this body we know something's wrong and so talk to us about what symptoms did you have how did it start what was that process of trying to figure out oh okay I really do need to do something so walk me through that and then walk me through like before you started the AIP like all of that. So I would say in 2014-ish, I remember really kind of having to push myself up off the couch, you know, at Mm -hmm. night. Or we lived in, our house was three stories and we had 10 acre farm. We had an alpaca farm. And so just doing chores, you know, taking care of the dogs and going up and down all the flights of stairs and up and down throughout the property and working with the animals and that sort of thing. I just really thought my hips and my knees is for me personally where mine presented. And so I was just always achy. And by the end of the day, I truly had to push myself up off the couch. Wow. And 
I thought, this is not right, because I was, you know, 50 years old. And so, yeah, I wasn't young, but I certainly wasn't old enough that I should have to push myself up off the couch. Right. And so I went to the doctor, and my knees hurt, my hips hurt, whatever. And the first doctor said, just take NSAIDs. And I'm not a big proponent for just taking even over-the-counter drugs. I never have been. I'm always one of those horrible people that take half of what I'm prescribed yep. and lower doses of everything and all that. And so I was like, eh. So I took it for a couple of days and it kind of helped, but it didn't. And I thought, I just don't think this is good long-term. This is not a solution. So I tried to lose a few pounds. I tried to you know, do a few things I knew to do, but it really never helped. And over the course of a couple of years, different doctors tried different things and or recommended I should say different things but I just never usually did them or found success that I thought would be long term would be manageable long term yeah and so like I said we were moving we sold our farm we were trying to move to a different state we were living in a house that again was three stories and it was I know I'm old so I'm gonna refer to the Brady Bunch (laughs) Yeah. So it was like a Brady Bunch house, but not in a cool way, kind of okay. in a scary way. Ooh. Like there was eight different carpets and floor, t- laminate or like linoleum flooring. And I mean, it was, a, it was in a great neighborhood and it was in our price range. And we rented this house for a short period of time while we were trying to transition somewhere else. Yeah. But it was horrible. And so just doing the up and down on the stairs and whatnot was, yeah. and I was entering menopause super stressed out, homeschooling my son, all the things, life, right? And all my symptoms just flared. And I didn't know the word flare then. I'd never heard the word autoimmune disease. I had never heard the word autoimmune flare. I didn't know what any of that was. But luckily I went to, and I decided for some reason not to go to my regular family practice doctor, which I had been going to, which was, she was not really helping me, I didn't feel. And so I went to my OBGYN who I had a great relationship with, and she knew I was kind of more interested in the holistic stuff. And so I went to her, she did a round of testing and came out that I had mixed connective tissue disease. And really it's just a rare autoimmune disease and connective tissue I have learned is all throughout our body, not just in our like hips and knees yeah. and our joints, like we think, I mean, our white blood cells are connective tissue, which is kind yeah. of scary. So that, I learned that through studying to be an NTP. And it could be a significantly, really, like any autoimmune disease, honestly, serious problem. Yeah. So I believe that the best thing I could do is do as much as I could for my body naturally. I'm not saying that I won't ever have to see a rheumatologist or take meds, but my goal is to push that as far down the road as possible. So I just really felt horrible. Like I couldn't walk, and I know it sounds crazy now that I think about it, but I couldn't walk up a step. I would take one step, two step, and hold onto the rail, and then one step, two steps, and each foot had to go on each step, and I had to hold onto the rail, which made life hard because, you know, just doing laundry and groceries or whatever. Yep. So it was, it was, I was like, something is wrong. I felt like I was 90. That yeah. whole idea that you were held back just by your symptoms. It wasn't like, that's yeah. something that I'm so passionate about is that our symptoms a lot, you look out in, and I say just in the United States period, you look out and you see how many people, let's just think of going to an amusement park or let's just say even yeah. the local neighborhood park. And you look and see how many parents, I'm not saying grandparents, I'm saying right. parents are right. sitting on the bench watching yes. their children have fun. Yes. I want to be the one on the swing. Exactly. I want my kids pushing me. Exactly. I want to go down the slide with my kids exactly. and race them. I want to play tag. I want to do all of that. And what you're saying life. is, yeah. yeah, life. What you're saying is like your symptoms were holding you back. What some people would consider like just normal yes. aging. But I'm were- not, not, no, I'm not caught into that at all because I told 
I've told every doctor that my goal, and my this is, I'm putting it out there in the universe. My goal is to live to be 100 and to die with my brain cognitively functioning and all of my body parts intact. Yep. <laughs> I, I want to just go fade away in my sleep. Yep. I don't want to be on 14 different medications and not understand what I'm doing or where I am. Yeah. So that is my goal. And I am, you know, bent on doing it. <laughs> yep. Same here. So, like, Again, that's why I absolutely love you. I love just what you stand for. I love Thank everything you. that you're doing and just that empowerment that you're... Thank you. And, and you have pure joy come from you, by the way. It's just it is so Thank contagious. You. I wish I could... <laughs> when I grow up, I definitely just want to be you. Um, oh my God, that's so sweet. <laughs> I am honored. Thank you so much. Yes. No, it's 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 a great... It, you're you. a great role model. And Thank I you. just... I admire that about you. I admire your tenacity. It doesn't oh, matter clever. what you're going for. It's that tenacity, but also knowing that same tenacity you're going to do with your clients. You're going to totally. fight just like I do with my yes, clients. I'm going to fight, not that client, but I'm going right. to fight that disease for or them. that symptom yes. or that yes. ailment yes. and help break down the least resistance. So speaking of resistance and speaking of struggles and barriers, AIP is hard. AIP yes. is hard because we're Americans. We're not going to go hungry. We're, we're just not going to go hungry. Right, now, right. those of you listening to, in other countries, you may not understand that. But when we say that there's a McDonald's on every corner, it's, it's so sad. bad that we are so lazy. We cannot go another two extra miles. Right. So some McDonald's will not even be but a block apart. We And Starbucks and all those. Starbucks. Yeah. Everything. Totally. Like everything is at our fingertips, literally yes. on our phone or yeah. As we're driving home, everything is, we're not going to go hungry. Even our poorest, the poor are not poor no. and they still have right. access to food. Right. So there's a whole bunch of resistance and barriers in the American mindset that's completely different than others. Mm -hmm. So I want you to walk us through what is the AIP diet okay. and how long would we go through it? Because I know that I already talked about Aloha AIP. I've already okay. talked about that a little bit, but I want to like you to kind of dive in. What is AIP? What do you do on it? About how long would someone stay on it? And how would you work through some barriers? I'm going to come up with some barriers because I've already got some. <laughs> okay. Okay. So like I said, it's an elimination diet. And so it's not a traditional, you know, eating plan that you do long term. The goal is short term, as short as possible, so that the vast majority of your symptoms go away and you feel really good. That's the goal. Okay. So <clears throat> basically, once you go on the full autoimmune protocol, and there are different methods of going on it, you can either go cold turkey and just decide one day you're going to do all your meal planning and all your shopping and you're just going to go everything all in. Pros and cons to that are you get into the you know root of your whole body being supported quicker but the more standard american diet that you're eating the harder that can be on your body and you actually okay. could have some you know issues because if you're not eating six or seven or eight servings of vegetables a day and all of a sudden you start eating all those vegetables we all know you might have a digestive issue that's yep. not always fun so sometimes it's better to go this little bit slower route so yeah aloha aip i teach a four week route so okay. it kind of moves you through simple steps to do each week. Each week there's a nutrition, each week there's a lifestyle and a mindset that we okay. focus on because those are important too. Yep. It's not always food. We always think food, 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 and it is food heavy for sure, but there is that mindset and worry about stress and sleep and movement and all that stuff that's important. So the four week plan kind of gets you there. And once you're full AIP and you eat all the foods and you don't eat all the foods you're not supposed to, then you want to stay on a minimum of 30 days. Okay. And after 30 days, it is 
this is where we use our NTP terminology. It is bio-individual. If at 30 days you're feeling amazing, then you can start to reintroduce foods. Okay. And there are four stages of food reintroductions based on how easily we can incorporate them. So for instance, legumes are removed, which include, includes coffee and chocolate, sadly. <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> I know, it's like, for me it's the chocolate, I'm a chocoholic. So oh. reintroducing beans, which includes green beans, if you think about it, snap peas, that sort of thing, oh. those are in stage one because those are easily tolerated. They're fresh, they're nutritious, obviously. So most people, I've never known anyone to have a problem in reintroducing green beans, let's say. So there's four phases of reintroductions. Now, some people get to 30 days and their symptoms are better and they're definitely feeling improvement, but they're not really where they wanna be. Okay. So they may need to stay on it longer. You know, it might be 90 days. I mean, it might be six months. It really depends on how long you've been ill and how severe your symptoms are. And that is something that I can't tell you when to do it and no one can because that is something you know in your heart. You know how you feel and you can compare, which is one of the reasons we talk about journaling. So when you journal, you know, you're going to write your symptoms and there's no right way to journal. I mean, all of us are different. We all have our own personalities, right? There's no right way to journal. So you just want to journal. You can do, I think it's really easy to do. Instead of adjectives, it's better to do kind of a scale. Yeah. You know, how many hours did I sleep? You know, uh, how do I feel on a scale of one to 10 with my energy? If, especially if you struggle, struggle with like fatigue as a symptom. Okay. How is my joint pain on a scale of one to 10? So that you can see improvement over the course of time. I like that idea. Um, yeah, like it's that. super easy and it doesn't have to be fancy. But get on your phone. I mean, it doesn't matter yeah. where you do it, right? Well, and I like that it's not intimidating, but also gives you an idea because when we start healing, I have this experience with my own clients when, and even myself. When you start healing, you forget how life totally. was before. Right. And then you it's easy to slip back into old habits because you forget. I aching it to childbirth. Now, I our son is adopted. I've never actually given birth, but I have a lot of friends and family that have, and they all say, childbirth is so painful. And then two seconds later, they're like, oh, I want to do it again yep. because I forgot how painful it was. Yep, it's so true. <laughs> so I think it's the same thing. Once yep. you start feeling great, you kind of forget like how bad really was it, yep. right? That you couldn't get out of bed. You couldn't walk around the block. You were exhausted and literally falling asleep at one o'clock in the afternoon because yeah. you're so tired. You have a headache all day. You kind of forget like, oh, was it really that bad? Right. So I think journaling, just simple journaling of whatever five or so symptoms are your worst really helps you stick with the AIP maybe on those days when you look back and you're like, yeah, I don't want to do it today, but wow, I should because look how much I've, how far I've come. I love right? that. So once you start reintroductions, again, that's also bio-individual. It takes time and how fast you do it and what you can reintroduce is totally unique to you. I will say eggs and tomatoes tend to be the ones that pretty much everyone thinks, oh, I don't have a problem with, I eat those all the time and they're fine and they're super healthy, I can reintroduce those. And then sadly, a lot of people, those are the two they react to because once your body has not had those foods for at least 30 days, but it might be three or four months. And it's what happens is your body's so used to reacting. It's constantly in a reactive state. When you eat tomatoes, let's say, this is what one of my clients I was talking to about this. He swore he's fine with tomatoes. They're fine. They're fine. And so he, I said, can you just eliminate him for a couple weeks and just see? Cause uh, he has Hashimoto's okay. and I'm, so I'm convinced that tomatoes are a thing. And so I said, just to, you know, up to you, but I would recommend you eliminate him for a few weeks and then see how you feel, and then maybe try to eat them and see how you feel. Yeah, totally reacting, reacting to them. 
So he didn't realize because what happens is our body is constantly reacting. It's kind of like you said about we don't think that we feel we felt that bad. We kind of don't know that we're reacting to them. Yeah. And so when we remove them and our body goes, whew, I don't have to talk. I don't have to worry about that anymore. And then all of a sudden you eat them one day. Your body's like, Wah! freaks out. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. And like thinking about just again, like that whole idea, I think all of us should do some form of protocol like this just to kind of see, because we, again, it's so easy to just go get processed food full yes. of canola yes. oil, full of sunflower oil, soy, ev like everything's full of soy. Everything has soy. And oh my like gosh. The, I just did a video on this other day. Soybean oil is in everything. It's just everything. Horrible. I mean, yeah. But yeah, it's like soybean oil, like thinking about that but then you also think of you know we know that high fructose corn syrup's bad but do oh. we and we know it's bad we don't want it but then how many items are in our house that have high fructose corn syrup i know i can think off the top of my head i still have stuff with high fructose corn syrup in my house and so it's not that's, a, that's so funny i have to stop because that's one of my like toxic things i hate high fructose corn syrup i think it should be illegal and our son has always had a sweet drink tooth so he okay. loves a sweet drink whether it be apple juice or soda it does it's just he likes that sugary drink and so we don't drink soda and i don't buy things with high fructose corn syrup but now that he's 18 and he's an adult and he has his own job and he can buy what he wants yada yada you know yeah. he comes in the house the other day with the dr pepper and i was just like horrified and i'm like no 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's but, and it's so sneaky though and even like was is it called greenwashing like in some greenwashed foods even if you go to whole foods yeah. you're not yeah. safe just because you go into a holistic looking totally. store yes. even yes. your farmer's market the yeah they still have canola oil yep. and soybean oil and whatnot in whole foods and yeah. you still have it is still incumbent on us as a consumer yep. to read every label and the thing i've found is that you know you may love one brand and you've read the label and you're like yeah it's good and then a year later you buy it and they've added something, yes. especially now with inflation being what it is yep. and food prices being crazy. A lot of manufacturers are switching up things. So it's important now to really read the labels because they a lot of times have changed and they may have used olive oil and now they're switching and use whatever toxic yeah. oil. I so. had, so this is just an example. I think I, this is another reason why I think I need to go through the Aloha AIP, <laughs> but I just had, a chip, like a, a tortilla chip that I thought was fine. It used to be yeah. fine. Yep. But then yesterday I had it for dinner and I noticed I bloated, like no, like it, it was so bad. Like my oh, shirt, dirty. like nothing. I looked like I had just put on 10 pounds in no time. And then I was gassy and I had like, I'm not normally gassy anymore since, you know, cleaning yeah. everything up and right. taking care of myself. And then, so today I used I made the exact same meal for my breakfast. I, I don't eat breakfast foods always at breakfast. I eat whatever. Me so too. I made I nachos for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> and I used my Siete chips instead yes. of these other chips. Like these other chips were, were totally fine. I swear like two weeks ago. Yeah. But, and that's funny you bring this up, but then I tried the Siete chips. Guess who wasn't bloated and guess who's not gassy now? Right. And that's yeah. the only thing I changed in the ingredients was just yes. the chips. And I'm the like- Same thing but the chips. Yeah. Hard, but yeah, it's it. the oil. It's are we when especially and again it goes back to when your body's not used to consuming that and then you consume something like that, nope. it's your body those reactions are your body screaming for like, Whoa, what are you doing to me? Why are you eating that? Because they're not used your body's not used to processing that. 
oh, but I can just go to the drugstore and go get some Tums. I've got coupons for Tums. I've got coupons for Modium. I've got Gas-X, like all of that. Like I can still eat my stuff. Like if the medicine works, why not keep eating it? This is no different than a diabetic who thinks they can eat sugar and then just inject insulin. I aching it to the same thing. You, You can do that and that's a personal choice. Yes. But that is not going to get you to live to be 100 and be healthy. Right. And like I always said, I want to be that 80 year old grandmother that is taking her grandkids up the mountain because that's where my whole journey started was literally on a mountain in Tahoe, in like Tahoe. Like I love it. I I grew up around there. I didn't know. Oh, you did? Yeah. I grew up really close to there. I did not know that my cousin lived out there for a while and she took me up my first mountain ever. And that's when I fell in love with hiking and backpacking. And I was over 300 pounds at the time climbing a mountain. And thank God my athletic ability. (laughs) Like you're strong. Yeah. (laughs) But the but it took my breath away going up that mountain in two ways, the beauty and the vastness, but also my physical limitations. And when I got to the top, like that's the whole symbolization of the mountains in, in my logo is that it's it is a constant mountain. Like once we hit something like health is a lifelong journey. It totally it is not a. It's not, a, it's not an arrival destination. Like you're no. not, you don't get there and you're done. Yeah. No, nope. until you hit the grave and see Jesus face to face, you're not done. Like Amen. that's it. I agree. I agree. <laughs> and like, but that's what I'm hearing though. Like with, that's why I love our philosophies are so similar that you, you know, AIP helped you and it's yes. probably efficient. And we can talk about this in a minute, but it's probably efficient to go through AIP a couple of times just to see yes. if something's changed or not just a couple of times, but like routinely just to make sure yeah. nothing's changed and clean right. things up. Is that right? Well, and yeah. And so I'm doing it now again with my group. <clears throat> so my group just started last week. So I know that I need a reset because just before the pandemic, I had two health things not related to my autoimmune disease. <laughs> I had dislocated my ligament in my shoulder Mm. that I had dislocated my shoulder 20 years ago and was playing tennis and dislocated the ligament and I struggled with that and then I got shingles from stress and that was the most painful thing I've ever experienced I think that and one other surgery I had was extremely painful and I just and then the pandemic I was you know I was eating paleo paleo and I use air quotes because even on paleo especially if you're a pastry chef, you can find lots of ways to consume a lot of, especially nuts and sugars that we don't really need in that amount. Yep. (laughs) So that was my happy place during the pandemic (laughs) when we were in lockdown here in Hawaii for months on end. (laughs) And then I just kind of carried over. So I have gained weight and I just don't feel a hundred percent. Yes. I'm not where I was by any means, but I know I'm not as comfortable as I could be. I've gained a few pounds. I'm kind of just, I don't know. I'm just not vibrant, vibrant, yeah. vibrant as like I want to be. And so, and I know I can be. Yeah. So I am doing the AIP also because I think it's a great reset. And once you know how to do it, it's not so intimidating. It's definitely not so overwhelming. Because yeah. at first, I, I think when you realize all the no foods that are on the list, especially if you're a person that eats wheat and you know any sort of rice and wheat and grains, and sugars, all of a sudden you're like, what am I supposed to eat? Yeah. Because yeah. we eat flour in this country every at every meal, basically. Yep. Like a lot of countries, really. Yep. And then other countries that don't eat a lot of flour eat a lot of rice. So both of those aren't allowed. So between those two, you're kind of like, what do I eat, right? Yep. <laughs> can't eat pasta, can't eat bread. It's like, oh my God, I need tortillas. Yep. You know, so just overcoming that fear of what do I eat is, is huge. 
and then you realize, oh, I really can eat. And I love that the AIP, it is not a diet. You don't weigh your food, you don't measure your food, you're not counting calories. You eat till satiety. You are not gonna go hungry. You're just eating healthier foods and yeah. as much of them as you like, right? Yeah. So. And less inflammatory foods, like yes. things that are not gonna inflame you. And that's yes. a root of so many illnesses. It's yes. gonna balance your blood sugar, all of that kind of stuff. You said something that just like, you said fear of of your food, of what am I gonna eat? There is something, again, in a country full of so much abundance, yeah. so much abundance that we have a fear yes. of, we have a scarcity fear. Right. And there's this thing, and I don't know if it's everywhere in this country, but at least in the Midwestern states, there is this thing of like, you have to have food stick to your ribs and feel that yes. you're full yes. for security. Yes. yes, and that's how I was in that. I mean, I, I was in that. I had to feel full, like yep. full, not like I was satiated, but full, like full, like yep. pay too much. <laughs> yep. Like your pants, you need to unbutton that top button yes, or even sometimes exactly. unzip. And, and like, I thought that that was normal. That was what you were supposed to feel after a meal. Yeah. But it's, there is a difference and, and it's hard to understand until you've experienced it. But when you're full of, you know, vegetables and high quality proteins and fruits and a little bit of starchy carbs from vegetable sources, like yep. sweet potatoes, let's say is a common yeah. one. You're full in that you're comfortable, but you feel healthy full, not like you need to go lay on the couch and take a nap full. And there's right. a difference. Yep. Sure. And that's, yeah, like it's almost like we're always chasing that Thanksgiving yes. high. Yes. Yes. Does yes. That makes sense. Well, yeah. Yes. But I don't um, know why, because why do we think that makes us feel good? I think it's a, it's a comfort thing more than it's, anything. That and like a generational legacy that's put yeah. upon us. Because yeah. if you think about it, like our grandparents, the whole like depression and saving yes. everything. So it's almost yes. like that same, usually those of us that struggle with wanting to make sure food sticks to our ribs because we don't know when our next meal is gonna be, mm -hmm. then we're also hoarding things as well. Or yes. the other thing is that, so I love that you're doing this journaling thing with it, but the intimidation, I would say just in any form of changing your diet, your lifestyle for nutritional purposes, for longevity purposes, yes. Think about why, why are you scared of the change? And you know, right. we're never gonna change until the fear of staying the same outweighs the fear of change. That's right. That's right. We're never gonna change. But like, I don't want to be that statistic. I was just gestationally diabetic twice. I should be diabetic right now. I should be a diabetic right now. I should be on my way to my first yeah. heart attack. Right. I should be, not. no, I'm not. I should continue to not like, I should be on all of these medicines and I'm only on, I have one hormonal situation I have going on with my thyroid and whatnot, but I am on, I'm not anti-medicine. I'm not right. anti all of that, but I'm also very pro both allopathic and home, like, yes. you know, the whole or holistic yes. remedies working side by side and yes. simultaneously yes. to continue. But I'm also not for being on, like you said, the NSAIDs. Yes. Being on NSAIDs forever, I was taught growing up, and it's no wonder why I have gut issues, why I have anxiety and mental health issues. I was on Tylenol, like it was just candy. Yeah, and just every remember, day. It's just over the counter. It can't yeah. yeah. And it's a That's pure poison. Yeah. Ibuprofen was also candy. And then like alternating them every two hours, like from each other, right. you know, whatever. But like, yeah. it was just something, oh, just go grab some ibuprofen, go grab some yeah, um, Tylenol. In your cabinet in the bathroom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and I, and I still there's a misconception that just because it's over the counter, it's, you know, it's not going to hurt us and we no. can take it every day. And I know I, I did that with allergy pills. I took yep. allergy pills daily for years 
and I, I truly have very little sense of smell now. And I, it's because of the allergy pills, I think. I'm convinced it's because I took them so long. My senses are like, okay, then you don't want to smell. We won't smell. (laughs) I mean, and that's hard. That's hard to go through life without a sense of smell too. But yeah, like I, again, I'm not anti-medicine. I will use an ibuprofen. I will use a Tylenol if I need it. And every other. Not because it's a crutch every day we take. And it's also not something, it's not my first line of defense. Exactly. Exactly. it's like, oh my gosh. That's how yeah. I feel about, like, for me, if, if you have, you know, rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or fibromyalgia or mixed connective tissue, what, any, all those that are, that are like the joint pain kind of things, you know, those, that's a very easy thing to get into, taking the incense, whatever. Yeah. Going to a rheumatologist, taking a pill. And I'm not saying I'm against that, because sometimes, no matter what you do, you still need help. Yep. You have thyroid issues, whatever it is. Sometimes that's all, you know, you still need help. Sometimes your body is so damaged that you can't recover no matter how long you do the AIP. Yep. You can't recover to 100%. But that's not to say you can't recover to 80% and then take, you know, like I've known someone to be on three different medications and have two different autoimmune disease, be on three different medications after doing the AIP for months and months, was able to wean off of two medications and cut the third one into half. Now that's huge because we all know, have you ever actually listened to a TV commercial for a medication? Yeah. Half of the commercial is all the possible side effects, like your eyes bleeding and your whatever. (laughs) It's like, I don't personally want that. Thank you. Yep. And death. Death is always included. (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to do everything I can to not have those symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that is, that is the thing too, is like, there's that mindset. It's all or nothing. Yeah. I'm either, oh, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm, I'm going to have autoimmune issues and I'm just going to be on medicines the rest of my life. But yeah. so I'm there's not going to change my do. lifestyle. What's yeah. the point? Right. Or I'm pre I'm predisposed to heart disease. Like again, I should be on right. my way to my first heart attack. My arteries are clear. Right. I have no signs of stroke. I have no signs of any blockages in any of my arteries clear down to what my you feet. eat and how you live actually yep. matters. It doesn't it's not all what we are predisposed to genetically. And yep. autoimmune disease is no different, right? Yep. So a third of our risk of getting an autoimmune disease is genetic. Okay. A third. But it's not ninety nine percent. It's a right. third. So yeah. just because you're predisposed genetically doesn't mean it's an automatic right it's also you know your diet lifestyle it's also stress it's a big time is toxins you know whether they be from the air we breathe or chemicals we put on our body or the foods we eat all those things add up and if you have all those things in every bucket right for years and years your body just kind of gets like okay i'm done so. For sure. And like, and that's autoimmunity, but that's also right. everything. And right. also, oh, totally. where did we get away with this idea of almost like, I'm just going to go here for a minute and I'm going to go off the rails for just a second. But where did we get to this place that we're entitled to medicines for free yeah. because of things that can be prevented? Now, I'm not saying autoimmunity can be prevented. I'm not saying my thyroid yeah. things could be prevented. I'm not saying certain things can be prevented. But by golly, if your diet, lifestyle, your stress, your environmental tox, or just your toxic bucket, your everything about you, that may be genetic. The way you go through life is genetic. You are not entitled to free insulin just because you're diabetic and you you have childhood traumas held onto that you will right. not go to therapy to manage. Right. You have you don't get the free. I don't know. Give me a give me what's a pain medicine that you would that you have been on or a medicine you've been on to manage. Nothing. Nothing. You've never had. Oh my God. I love that. I'm a rare one. I know. Nope. I have never been to a rheumatologist. I have never taken one medicine to manage my autoimmune disease. 
I love that. But no. that's like proof is in the pudding that you could have gone and surrendered to, yes, oh, totally. this is my this is my diagnosis and I'm going to identify as my diagnosis yes. and all of that. Where do we get away with saying that I deserve to eat all this crappy food, continue right. my crappy right. life and expect free medicine for what I can control? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, if you ever go into a grocery store and I'm not talking like you know, a, a health food store or Whole Foods or that sort of thing, it has a little bit better quality food. I'm talking about just a standard grocery store, Kroger, Safeway, whatever. You go in the grocery store and you just walk down the shelves and it's just walk down the aisles and look at the shelves or look at people's carts. I like to yeah. look at people, what people are buying. And I'm like, you know, I, I look in your cart and I see maybe a head of lettuce, maybe an onion, you know, but the milk is low fat and the cheese is low quality and most everything in there is in a box or a can. There's very little from the perimeter of the store. Yep. And what is from the perimeter is not the best that you can get. And I know that sometimes it's a financial thing. I totally understand that, right? Mm -hmm. But even even but even when when you have money to spend and you're you know one of those people that can buy what you need or want, still they don't. I mean, I have I know people that that can afford to buy whatever they want as far as food wise. And they buy horrible things and then they come to me and like these are friends of course they kind of be yeah. like oh i have diarrhea three times a day and i don't understand why and i'm like oh yeah okay well you really want to go there because i can help you right right <laughs> you know so i think that you're right i think it's it's just like no different than someone who you know maybe smokes two packs a day for 40 years and wonders why they're not healthy when they're you know 65. yeah because it and affects I, us, you know. It does. Everything we do, everything we allowed it in, including people, the things yes. we're listening to, yes. the things we're allowing ourselves to watch, so much media. I have had to get away from Facebook, so I apologize anybody that messages me on Facebook because yeah. you're probably not getting a message back for a long time, if ever. But I just, I can't do Facebook because I don't need to be... All the other stuff, yeah. Yeah, I don't need to be exposed to things that yeah. cause me this fight or flight yeah. situation that I'm not... I'm not in an emergency, but it's still making me feel like I'm going to get hit by a car. Yeah. And I've always told our son, you know, like I've homeschooled him since he was three. We had, of course, in those days, it was an hour a day. But, you know, I've homeschooled him his whole life. And I always tried to tell him that what you watch, what you listen to, the people hang that you hang out with, what you read, what you tell yourself, all affect the person you become. Yeah. I firmly believe that. So I do, one of the things I talk about in my course and that I preach to everybody is, is positive affirmations, is kind of having a mantra, I'll say. Okay. And it's putting it out there in the universe, right? Because okay. I think that if we think I'm gonna have a good day, I'm gonna feel good today, we have a little bit better chance of actually having a good day. Yeah. I'm not saying it's an automatic and everything's gonna go smooth that day. But I firmly believe that what we put out there in the world, we get back. Yeah. So when I was at my lowest, when I couldn't walk up the stairs without taking each step with two feet and holding onto the rail, like holding onto the rail, I made a mantra and I still say it today. And it was, I am healthy, I am strong, and I'm happy. And I didn't really feel any of those things. Yep. And I felt like a liar. And if you know me, I'm my mom has used the word cruel to describe me because I'm so direct and honest and I'm upfront with people, but I'm not cruel. I'm just really blunt. Yes. But I didn't feel that way. Like I was lying to myself at the time. Yeah. And I said it every night when I went to bed and every morning when I woke up. And I am telling you that after a few months, I was like, oh my God, I actually kind of feel that way. Yeah. Like I do feel 
kind of strong. I do feel kind of healthy and I definitely feel happier. Yeah. So I definitely believe with what you're saying. And I think what we watch and what we listen to and who we surround ourselves with. And sometimes that means family, that we're on yeah. a healing journey. Sometimes yeah. we have family that doesn't believe in us, that doesn't lift us yeah. up, that is toxic, that we need to just hold at bay, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we need to protect ourselves. I think. Well, and it's not like, so that's something I've had to, I've spent thousands of dollars in therapy for <laughs> is because I have this, you know, I need to know the difference of respecting my family right. versus and honoring them right. versus allowing them to be, to manipulate and to yes. control, control me and control like with the lens of, oh my gosh, what is my family going to think of me? Right. Um, what is, you know, how is this going to affect them? That's how I was raised. I was raised in a very political family and I, and I'm so grateful for it because all of the lessons I've learned in that have made me who I am and I'm able to talk to everybody. I don't care yeah. what walk of life you're in. I'm able to talk to everybody. <laughs> and it's, so it's a huge blessing, but it's also like this thing, oh, what is this? What are people going to think of me? What are my parents going to think of me? That kind of thing. And I know that my parents are proud of me and I like, why does that, why? You. Yeah. And, and so all of that to say, I've had to put up boundaries of, okay, whose opinions actually Matter. get weight in my life exactly. exactly. and so when someone gives me unsolicited advice family or not i have five people that are allowed to tell me <laughs> that i am screwed up yeah five people I love that That's and they're it. from different areas of my life they're not even okay. all from the same so i get different you know opinions i get different opinions and, yeah yep and so I have five people that can speak into my life and tell me, hey, you're really screwing up or, oh my gosh, you threw that one out the and park. And we like, all that was... need that, right? Like we yes. all need those people that we trust that we're, was a safe space for us, that hold us accountable, yep. but that also love us unconditionally yes. and that are telling us that because they love us and they actually care and they get us. Yep. We all need that. And like there was a, I had a, a really good close friend, I would say that I had to kind of sever ties with because there was some yeah. incidences and some things as I was on my healing journey of my mental health and so forth. I was like, oh my gosh, this is not a healthy relationship yeah. at all. Yeah. This was so much me trying to placate a person yes. and yes. give my, give a person my, like basically everything. Yeah. And I was, it was taken away from my kids. It was taken away from my time with my family. And when I finally set up a boundary and said, hey, I've got time for you on this day at this time, she took offense to it yeah. because she, yes, because, oh, if, if, you know, I'm your good friend, I, you shouldn't have to make time for me. And I, that was my sign. That was one of my big red flags. Like, oh, okay. Like this person is not using me because uh, I don't yeah. believe that that was her heart by any way. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, but she just wanted access to me in a way that was not appropriate. Right. It was too much. And you much. weren't getting it reciprocated. And yes. Yep. We've all, I think we've all been in relationships. I myself have a, a past friend that for 20 plus years that we split up because it's, it was so lopsided and I felt like I didn't get it back. And yeah. I, she had grown into a different way than I was, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, it was just time for us to separate, I think. Yeah. I think it was better for both of us. So. Yeah. And I think that that's something, that, again, like that whole scarcity thing, the whole yeah. scarcity mindset of, oh, I'm going to be lonely. I'm not going to have someone there. And I'm still like, I am the least sociable person on this. I swear. Like I, I could never just know be... that. <laughs> I could be just happy, go lucky on my own in the woods, like clearly <laughs> off the grid. Leave me alone. I would alone. never guess that. 
Um, but I just cannot, it, I'm very introverted and whatever, it, very introverted. And I just don't, I do not get energy from other people. It doesn't make me excited to be around. Now, if I'm like in front of a lot of people, I'm fine because then I don't have to have those little, like those little yes, drawing yeah. conversations. So if I'm in front of a lot of people, that's fine. But like, I learned also like this whole, like in this boundaries thing, and I, boundaries are so overused and I really just, some people are like, use it as an excuse to get rid of people and not deal with relationships and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, but it's also, the, it's so important to our health in so many yeah. ways. Yeah. Our cells, every single cell has memory and it remembers everything we do. Yeah. Yep. And so like the same time of year that something happened, maybe this thing that, with this friend or maybe something with a spouse, your body is going to remember and start remember behaving yes. in a way that's like almost like a trauma, yep. a trauma response, yep. even though it's not even happening, you're fine. But it's going to do that. So again, that's huge when it comes to our inf inflammation. It's huge yes. when dealing with AIP and autoimmune and other dis diseases that you might have that are diseases of inflammation. Mm -hmm. And I would almost, this is me going to insert here and like totally like plug Aloha AIP because I think it would be very beneficial for someone, even if you don't have autoimmune, even if you don't have like a disease that you think you have, but if you have trauma in your life, I would almost recommend doing an AIP mm -hmm. that month it's of like that a trauma. Month reset. I agree. Yep. I think anyone could anyone could do it. I mean, it's yep. not just for people with autoimmune disease, yep. because honestly, if you think about the fifteen percent or so of the population that sadly has an autoimmune disorder, just think about how many haven't been diagnosed. Yep. So those are the ones that have been diagnosed. So if there's fifteen percent that have been diagnosed, to me, there's another. 10% probably that have just never been properly diagnosed because sadly getting diagnosed with an autoimmune disease can take five to 10 years. Oh my so gosh. Most, I did not know that. Yeah. Most, I think the last study I read was like seven to eight years, I think was the average time that people with autoimmune disease suffer with random symptoms. I have known so many people to see four or five, six different doctors in an effort to try to figure out what is wrong with them before they received a diagnosis that it just tells me there's so many people out there that have no idea they even have an autoimmune disease. Wow. I so, have no idea yeah, that. It's, it's bad. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's really bad. And I think it's getting worse. And what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a ton of younger people. So I've even had clients, and this is one of my like little side niches, is I've even had clients that are teenagers or in their 20s and in college. And then a lot of times I work with them and a parent, especially yep. if they're under 18, obviously, yep. but with them and a parent. So the parent kind of joins in on our Zoom calls or whatnot, because, and I'm totally fine with that because, you know, they're young and I know you're like, oh, I'm an adult, I'm 19, I'm 20, whatever. But having an autoimmune disease, especially at that age, it's scary and it it's scary at any age. But when you're that young and then you realize it's, you can't unhave an autoimmune disease. No. Nope. Okay. Once you got it, you got it. You can't. You can't heal from it completely. It's not, you're not gonna get rid of it. It doesn't go away. So knowing that at 19, I mean, I, I have had a lot of our son's friends, actually. He's just turned 18. And sadly, I know several of his friends have autoimmune diseases. And I knew this when they were 15 and 16. So that to me is a huge red flag because these are diseases that people didn't used to get until they were in their 60s, let's say. Yeah. So when you have kids that are getting it in their teens and in their early 20s and you know they're in college, this is when you should be not worried about 
anything in life, right? right? You're technically an adult, you're in school, you have the whole world ahead of you. Like, why would I have to worry about having fibromyalgia at 20? That's horrible, right? So I'm seeing that a lot. And that is a huge concern to me because these are symptoms and issues that they are gonna have to deal with forever. And can you imagine if I at 52 didn't wanna go on a medicine? I can't imagine being 19 and being told I was gonna have to be on medication the rest of my life. That's a long time. There is no way that's not gonna negatively affect your entire body. Well, and so. Yeah, and think about all these foods and the stress that our kids are under now. We yeah. were not under this kind of stress growing up. Like we were no. not. I never even really thought a pandemic was possible again, to be honest. So <laughs> my son's entire high school education has been in a pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, talking about homeschool. So we're both homeschool moms and like yep. everyone's like, oh, it's so much better because you're already homeschooled. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like we still do things out in public. We still right. see people. We still right. need to be out. And like right. all of their after school right. activities were gone. Yes everything was gone and i think about yes. we really haven't had a break yeah no. that's we have not that's, had a chance right. usually when there's something traumatic like my first big i mean i was alive during the the fall of the berlin wall yes like that was something i remember being oh, yeah. on tv yep. but that was like a celebration kind of thing right and then i remember the whole I desert love storm love oh, i remember yeah, that i'm trying to think what else like i remember like there's always something and then 9 11 was big right. that was my high school right. thing and then but like when 9 11 happened we had a break yeah there wasn't yeah we started you know a war happened right. like all of that but there was even right. a break between when 9-11 happened right and when we actually went and actually you know what was right. it called shock and all but there was a break there and then we got used to that new normal and then right. but well, i think we normal. felt safe again and we felt yeah. like yep. you know after after a few weeks we felt like okay we're we're probably safe i don't we don't yep. think there's gonna be another attack Yep. The pandemic has not been like that. It's just been this, this constant, you know, like yep. you, know, you just can't get away from it. <laughs> and it's there's a lack of leadership. And I'll just leave it at that because y'all, if you all follow me and know me, you know where we're going with this. But the lack of leadership is a problem. Yeah. And if you think about the well, leaders. Well, like here in Hawaii, we had, we, we, so I was his director at his homeschool, at Wyatt's homeschool group, his freshman and sophomore year in a okay. pandemic. Never heard of Zoom before, had to figure Zoom out. Doing Latin and algebra on Zoom, not so fun, let me just say. Oh. Yeah. That was, and I didn't even know how to use Zoom. I was trying to share my screen and I'm trying to do Latin conjugations. And I was like, oh, I do not get paid enough for this. Yeah. So, but that was the first year, the freshman year. The sophomore year, because of our restrictions here in Hawaii, we literally, if you had more than five people, you had to wear a mask and you, you had to be outside. You couldn't be inside a structure in the room okay. and so we had I had six kids and myself so obviously that's seven so we actually did it we couldn't do it where we were usually doing it at the church down the street so we did it in my carport for the entire year every week all wearing masks because I'm trying to abide by the law so we all wore our masks because you had to wear masks if you had more than five people together and you couldn't be more than six feet apart oh. so his entire sophomore year all of us wore masks outside um, and it was hard. It was hard. I mean, th thank God we have good weather in Hawaii. So yep. the weather was not an issue more than like once I think it stormed. But yeah, definitely stress is a thing. And I think that, you know, going back to me, that's why I like was talking about, I think I need to do a reset because I was definitely cooking some paleo cookies during those times of mm. that kind of stress. 
And yeah, and I and that just that blood sugar regulate dysregulation yes. Yes. from the stress, and it's hard to come back down once you've yes. hit a certain level. It's just so hard to come back down, and you just have to make that decision. What yes. would you say to someone who is teetering, like, oh, that's a good idea. I should maybe do this reset, this AIP reset. What would you say to someone, either that or even like, oh, I need to make a change. What would you say to someone that is there teetering? I guess I would say a couple things. One is the first thing is it's just food. So if you're just incorporating more nutrient dense food and you're upgrading, I call it upgrading your food. Like so, that. you know, we all have different levels of, of what we can afford yep. and not all of us can afford to shop all the time at Whole Foods and buy everything organic and pasture raised and blah, blah, blah. Yep. But there are a lot of changes you can make to make to upgrade your food. So if you're upgrading your food, and you're just working on nutrient density and you're working on you know lifestyle changes and focusing more on sleep and getting some movement in i'm not talking a marathon i don't like to run either <laughs> walk around the block after dinner right i'm talking just normal movement what is that going to hurt yeah right it's not going to hurt anything and it's not going to cost you a lot more nope. and it doesn't have any contraindications you're nope. not going to have bleeding eyeballs because you yeah. ate you know organic carrots or something right and the other thing is what are you willing to do to feel better? So how bad do you feel? And do you remember or do you dream in your head of playing with your kids on the playground? For me, it was we had an RV at the time and we were, you know, going on RV trips all the time. And I was getting to where it, I didn't even want to go. It was exhausting. You know, just the whole thing was just too much. But it was such a special time in our life, that period where we had an RV. I really wanted to make those memories because I remember from my childhood, having an RV and going camping and fishing and all that. And I thought that was just such a special time where you just were away from the phones, away from home and all the responsibilities of life and you could just be. Yep. So I guess I would say, what are you willing to do to feel better? And then what, how it's not going to hurt you. It's literally just food. You're just yep. eating better, you know, more nutrient dense food and focusing on some lifestyle changes. And so I don't know. Yeah. I guess it just depends on, it's like anything else. You know, we all make decisions. I tell our son every day, we're not, none of us are Jesus. Yep. We all make decisions every day. We know we shouldn't, yep. whether you smoke or you drink or you eat too much chocolate or you eat at McDonald's or you cuss or yep. whatever that you probably think you shouldn't do. Right. All humans make decisions every day if they do something they shouldn't. So it's just a deciding, it's deciding, deciding what, that I'm going to make a decision that for the next 30 days, I'm going to do these things and, and then see how I feel. yeah and I like that that you said you know it's that making that decision and it's an every day and sometimes it's an every moment decision that you for have sure. to make for sure and I like your idea of affirmations or just like saying I'm going to have a good day I'm going to yeah. be happy today when I get done working out I always I pray and I thank God that I am I have a body able that to. is able yes. to move yes. I thank God right. that I am able to challenge that body right. and I think or ask God to help me use my physical body to support and help others I love and that. that is something that I do every time I work out because it means it, it when you realize just how fragile life is yes I agree it can be taken away like that that's right and each day like we this this body that we get to live in is a gift I agree I agree and it doesn't have to look perfect and it doesn't nope. have to be a certain number on a scale nope that does not matter I have a lot of friends and I have a couple of clients that are athletes 
and I have I have one that's a college athlete. I have one that's a triathlete and has done the Ironman more than once. And to look at her, the one that does the Ironman, you would think, I mean, she's awesome. She yep. looks amazing. I, like, when we go to the beach, I make her sit down, down the beach. <laughs> she's like rocking it at 45 in a bikini. And I'm yep. like, yeah, no, because I don't have that body. Yep. But that doesn't mean I'm not healthier. Right. So for me, I focus on how I feel, how much energy I have, and just how actually healthy I am. Because I think that that's what actually matters over the course of your life, right? It's, It's great to look good. It's great to be thin and look good in a bikini or whatever. And I think it's important to feel confident however you look. Yep. But you can look like that. And just because you're thin doesn't mean you're healthy. And just because you're right. overweight doesn't mean you're unhealthy. That's right. So I think a lo- we have a lot of conceptions and thoughts and opinions about health, and they're not always accurate, really. All right. Martha, how can people follow you, find you, if they want to learn more about Aloha AIP? Oh, I co- totally forgot. Also, your blog, <laughs> your recipes. I totally like wanted to go over your recipes, all of that. But where can they find your recipes? Where can they find your, is it a, you have a cookbook coming out or is it out yet? I have an ebook that I offer as a bonus if you join Aloha AIP and their AIP recipes. And they are not on my blog. So they're special ones. And they're ones, because I think when you go AIP, a lot of times you like realize you can't eat all these things and you're like, oh my gosh, what do I eat? So these are kind of my basic go-to easy recipes, family approved. I try for flexibility, so I try to have recipes that, you know, can, you can adjust the vegetables to what vegetables you have in hand or what's on season or whatever, about to go yeah. bad in your refrigerator, whatever. Nope. So yeah, so Aloha AIP is my course. It's a four-week course, and it's an eight, I'm sorry, it's a four-week program. Let me think about how I want to say that. It's a four-week course and an eight-week program, if that okay. makes sense. So yep. there's four weeks that you get video lessons and downloads and sort of things, but over eight weeks is where we have Zoom calls and you get support. Okay. So it's kind of four slash eight. Okay. My, everything is, is Aloha Healthy Eats. Okay. So my blog is alohahealthyeats.com, my Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, a little bit, I'm starting. <laughs> and on Pinterest, I'm also starting. So it's Aloha Healthy Eats and that's where you can find me. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank, we welcome. are six hours apart. Yes, we are NTPs, but I'm on Hawaii time right now drinking my coffee. Um, <laughs> I love it. We, we decided that we were going to just be on Hawaii time today. That's so. right. That's right. Thank you so much for joining me. And thanks for letting welcome. me be your first podcast that you get to You're be welcome. on. You're welcome. I'm excited. I'm excited now. I hope they edit all the bad parts out. <laughs> I sure hope so. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please feel free to go to buymeacoffee.com slash CIMC. This, the money that you donate there is just a fun way to say, hey, I really appreciate this content and I would like to hear more. And that, that money goes directly to the person that edits my podcasts for me, all my videos, all of that. So please support him. It's actually not supporting me. It's supporting him. Support him, please. And, um, And if you enjoy this, please feel free to share, like, comment, rate this at five stars and come visit us. Come give us a follow. Come check us out. We are so grateful that you are here and that we get some time in your ears. Have a good day. Aloha.